Hello everyone, welcome to the Game Dev London podcast, a community of game developers and game enthusiasts talking about the one thing they all enjoy the most, games. My name is Nicola Humphreys, you can refer to me as she, her, and I will be your host on the Game Dev London podcast for today. And today we are joined by a special guest and dear friend of mine, Jack Roper. Roper, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, yes, uh, my name is Jack Roper. Uh, I work, I'm a game developer at Play Ember. Uh, I've been there for, I am so close to two years now. I'm like a month away for, for being two years. Um, uh, but yeah, worked on, worked on most, most, if not, yeah, yeah, probably most of the titles. Um, and yeah, had a, had a, on the games I've worked on, had a total of 20 million downloads. So it's going pretty well. Very nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, before we get into the topic of conversation today, which is hyperspace, hyper casual space in video games, well, we can I'll, I'll shoot a question your way just so then the audience can get to know you a little bit more. Um, so my icebreaker question for you today is: If you had to be part of any video game universe, what would it be and why? Uh, I think I would be part of the Animal Crossing universe. It's just the most chill and zen and it's i don't know you get to wake up every day and see this amazing new animal character <laughs> and i want to go and collect everything in the world and that's just the life i want i don't want to worry about you know adult things even <laughs> though they still exist in that game but at least i, I my way of uh yeah doing those things is collecting fish and, and finding t-rex uh, skeletons nice yeah. and then, and then as well you can just access the museums whenever you want it's like i think i'm yeah, going to the museum again today <laughs> i heard the coffee is amazing and it's made by a pigeon so <laughs> well that's that's a, that's a great answer um, <laughs> and i'm all down for chilling for living in chill atmospheres <laughs> So um, yeah, moving on to the topic of conversation today, like I said before, is hyper-casual hyper space in video games. Uh, tongue twister if you say it too fast. <laughs> um, so hyper-casual is normally defined as extremely engaging, instantly playable, and lightweight in their mechanics. So I'm curious, what would you define it in your own personal way? Yeah, so uh, that, that, that sums it up quite well. Um, I'd kind of describe it as like quick, stackable, fun experiences that yeah you you can pick up the game you look at it you see even if you just see a video of it you know exactly what the gameplay is and you can go into that game expecting everything you, you've seen already um and it, it just it just it just works when when you play it the, the way you expect it to work but yeah nice, nice short snackable experiences Nice. And like one of the main characteristics of hyper casual games is that they are most often free to play. And you say that you've worked on multiple uh, hyper casual games. I'm curious, uh, do you feel that most of them tend to be free to play or very accessible to people who um, maybe aren't willing to purchase things on the app store? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's uh, the ones we make uh, are often free to play, um, but that does include ads and ads are not for everyone as well so there's that fine line of trying to not put in too many ads that we're losing players um but yeah having enough ads that we are still making a profit um and so we could still continue making games as well mm. um but yeah yeah that that's uh it's not to say that we haven't you know we've got um we've got a game 
called Raft Life. And we've tried that on the Switch store as well, but as a paid experience. And that, that did really well as a paid game as well. So I don't think they have to be free to play, but I think for the for the target audience there, yeah, I don't think we'd want to charge people for these shorter snackable experiences. Um, but yeah. Nice. Well, do you find that then in that case, do you find that uh, having mobile games that are hyper casual, having them be free on the, the app store draws in more audiences? Yeah, yeah. So especially, well, yeah, because it's an app, we, we do an app based setup. So yeah, we want to make the game as appealing as possible. Um, and yeah, we don't. Yeah. And you're not going to want to pay for a game and then get an ad as well. So yeah, I think it's for hyper casual because they tend to be sh shorter experiences and have shorter retention times than a casual game. Um, yeah, we free to play is definitely the way to go. Nice. And um, yeah, there's so many hyper casual games out there that people may not have considered that are hyper casual. Uh, some of the more popular examples being like Cross Your Roads, uh, Hold.io, Temple Run, and Pac Man. So I'm curious is there any examples that you have that people may have picked up and played without even knowing that they were hyper casual games? Um, I'm not too sure. I think I, I like to think Unpacking is quite a hyper casual game. Um, it's just. Yeah, just without all the ads and stuff in it. That is a paid experience. But yeah, I it's it's hard to define in a sense. It depends depends, yeah, kind of how how it's approached. But yeah, I think unpacking the core of it is a hypercash game and it has this like over over overarching like meta to it, which makes it into the more casual game it is with like the storybook and you go you're seeing the story unfold as you play the game. Um so yeah, I think games like that and um i mean there's the i i say are obvious ones but like i work in in the space so it's, it's obvious to me but like all the voodoo voodoo catch-up um games um quali uh, mm -hmm. i don't think they do as much hyper casual anymore um i think they've gone into pc now but um but yeah those kind of those kind of they're the big names line studios as well um yeah they're all hyper casual Nice. And you mentioned there that there was sometimes game developers go more into casual. So what would you say is the difference between hyper casual spaces versus casual spaces in mobile games? So I think hyper casual is more you have this one goal um, and this one mechanic like a game is usually built about oh, the way we go about it is we have the one mechanic build out around that one mechanic and keep it fully in on that one mechanic. Um, which is great because that's kind of what we were taught in uni, right? So <laughs> it, it was a really nice transition into that. But um, but yeah, yeah. And then with casual, that's where you'd have your core mechanic and then you might add in more other mechanics and build things up and up and up and up and up. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it starts to become a bigger experience and has more than this one goal that you might have other like arching off or branching off goals. Nice. And um, yeah, you mentioned mechanics there. So uh, off the top of your head, what mechanics do you say define the hyper-casual genre? Uh, I think it can be any mechanic. Like that's the, the, the great thing about this space. And the thing I love about it is that you can, you can, yeah, any mechanic can be made into a hyper-casual game. Uh, 
and we have tried some some crazy things as well <laughs> but uh but yeah it's, it's good fun um but yeah i don't think you can really define it to one but we tend to stick to more like one button uh yeah one button games uh so you know a lot of people play those games on their way to their daily commute um mm -hmm. so they don't want to yeah yeah it's just you know, you'll have a coffee in one hand and just play the game on the other so kind of want that kind of setup uh, where possible nice and yeah because like for example you can see uh games like five people when all you have to do is just tap the screen and then you either go up or you don't uh so yeah. that's i feel like that sort of stuff is super easy on the go and it really allows people to still play games while doing mundane tasks like grabbing coffee or uh walking to the shops or uh walking the dog for example yeah exactly hmm. and you mentioned that um hyper casual games are very popular on like phones and stuff so what do you why why else do you think hyper casual games are so popular um i think it's more because everyone has a phone mm -hmm. uh, not everyone will have a, a a console um and it's the yeah and it's these games that fill in the gaps in the day um like when you're traveling or somewhere on your daily commute or yeah you're just you're just bored and you can quickly fill in that gap with this quick satisfying experience that's gonna yeah give you satisfaction straight away um so i think yeah i think that's that's like the 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 catch of it nice and um with there being almost like very simple mechanics in it what kind of visual aesthetic do you feel suits the hyper casual um mobile game space <laughs> So we, it tends to go like like super like clean kind of uh, and a, like super contrasted between like so the player is like the main or whatever the, the action the player is doing is like the front and center on on the screen and then yeah you you need like the good contrast between the player and the obstacles so it's super clear what the gameplay is from from the get go. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the kind of visual style we we'll go for, like toony kind of outlines. Um, depends on the game, really. Sometimes we go super realistic as well um, if we're trying to, yeah, mimic a, a real life thing. Um, but yeah, it depends. It depends on the context and, and where this game idea has come from. Should it be should it be like a super realistic or a super toon toony game? Nice. And you mentioned there as well that you've tend to focus more on like showing the core mechanics of the player. So mm -hmm. I was curious, do you find that characters themselves, or like mascots or characters, uh, have a space in the hyper-casual genre? Because it would be difficult, I find, to put, for example, Kratos, who has thousands, if not millions of polygons, <laughs> and putting him in like a hyper-type uh, game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we usually use like the, it's like a, it's like a hyper-casual model, if that makes sense. It's like quite a, a defined thing in in our in our dev space um, and so that's just like a plain like kind of i don't know i can't really describe it but almost almost clay like uh like humanoid um but then then we add on like oh now you've got this base character let's add on hats clothes shoes um but yeah trying to keep it super low poly um so it's yeah app size is as is, is nice and smooth so i guess that way you're almost allowing the player to insert themselves into the game so it's not 
too much focused on the character itself but still focusing on the player and the mechanic that the player is experiencing yeah yeah of course and even in like we did a game called um cargo cargo truck parking and even then we have like hats and stuff you can you can swap out so nice it reminds me of the uh the hats that you collect in the uh, in in overcooked i believe you can collect hats in overcooked uh yes yeah I, yes i might be getting it's been a while since i played it so i'm not too sure <laughs> <laughs> or at least you can unlock uh different characters that you can yeah yeah, as you, as you play. yeah. <laughs> i feel like i've uh i've said the wrong game but i know exactly what kind of game i'm thinking <laughs> of <laughs> it, will, it will hit me at like 3 a.m in the morning <laughs> but um yeah going back to going back to the hyper casual games um you mentioned that you You've made quite a few games uh, from your company, so I'm curious, what kind of hyper casual mobile games do you take inspiration from? Uh, it's it's not always from uh, other games. So yeah, there are other games, and, and we take um, there's, there's been a lot of great games out there. Um, there's one called Farmland by Homer Games. Uh, that's like a super polished, nice, um, satisfying experience. It's more idle arcade than hyper casual but they're they're kind of like intertwining at the moment in this space um uh yeah and then catch app voodoo uh lion studios all, all, all the all the the main publishers um there's a lot of inspiration we could take from there um and also just general games as well like with cargo parking i play a lot of euro truck simulator and so when when we started on that game, I was like all over it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's a lot of places um, inspiration from it. It could come from anywhere. TikTok videos are a big one. Um, but yeah, I yeah, did, I guess um, with a, with with having a platform where you're accessible to applications such as TikTok as well, you're able to really capture the quick attention span of, mm. of players as well to be like oh you've watched uh, five minutes of tiktok and you're really hankering playing this game so you should totally just swipe up and then swap to our game <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but away from mobile game from mobiles do you feel that there is a space for hyper casual games on consoles with uh, games such as jump king pogo stuck or my name is mayor yeah um absolutely um i think unpacking is a good example of where it can work and um there's another game i've been playing recently uh dwarf romantic i don't okay. know if you've heard of it but it's really like super simple um city builder but it's just so satisfying um and yeah i don't think they are hyper casual games in that sense but like they are very close to to being one that if you did make one, it would probably do well on the console. Um, and we did one, Raft Life, which is idle arcade slash hyper casual. Um, uh, and yeah, like I said, we put that on the Switch and it did it did really well as well. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely a space for it. Um, I just think it's harder to do it consistently on console than it would be on mobile. Because yeah. when someone picks up a controller, they're entering like, oh, I'm going to be on this for a few hours. <laughs> Whereas on a phone, you're like, oh, a couple of minutes and then no that makes sense and like i feel with uh large scale almost triple a games that you can put on mob on a uh, console not mobile <laughs> um that you almost like like you said you're entering a world and it's so hard to pick up a game for five minutes play the story and then put it down when mm. that was 
when like thousands of hours have been put into this experience that the player is going to 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 then play. So you couldn't really pick up the new God of War and play it for five minutes or like for example with The Last of Us, you can't be like, I think I'm gonna walk ten feet and then close the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like with some big games out there, you can almost see hyper casual games sort of snuck into them. Uh, so for example, we can get you can get like mini games of World of Warcraft where it's just a case of clicking a button and then you escape that uh mini game that you're experiencing and then you go back into the hundreds of mechanic game that you're currently experiencing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's kind of what hyper casual does on, on mobile. It kind of you go into the Play Store, that's kind of like I don't know if you think of like PlayStation Home, and then you have all the different areas you can go into. It's kind of, yeah, I like to think of it like that. But yeah, yeah and like I've I've noticed that there are some games that you can put on the on the PlayStation Store or the Xbox Store, which can specifically be used for trophy hunting. So I know that that can be quite uh, a hobby within the gaming community. So people enjoy collecting platinum, so then they can show it off to their friends and then show that they're actually. Uh, a good gamer if you would um and there are some hyper casual games on the playstation store which if you complete it for an hour or half an hour you then get that platinum so i feel like there are perks of having uh hyper casual spaces and short short games not necessarily mobile games but short games on them um, their console stores yeah yeah I, I, it's definitely it's definitely yeah possible and I think, yeah, like I said, the trophies, um, that, that captures that kind of audience as well. So, yeah, I think, yeah, there's definitely an audience for it. Mm, and, I, and with the PC, it's sort of like a mixture between the exclusivity of having a controller and having the easy accessibility of a mobile as well. Mm. So with some uh, mobile games, you can access them on the on on the computer, whereas um, it's more it's rarer. But you can also get console exclusive games now on the computer. Yeah, yeah. So you did mention as well beforehand that um, you put adverts in some of your free to play games. So what monetization strategies do you feel work best for hyper casual mobile games? um so we try and keep it as obvious as possible where an ad's going to happen like if if you click a collect button then you can know to like oh probably gonna get an ad here so it's not like unfair for the user it's like it's just gonna interrupt gameplay um and then uh we do um ads for like rewarded ads so if if you're struggling in in some parts of the game then you can watch uh, watch a slightly longer ad and get the reward you need to to do better in that game or progress quicker um, in that game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, those those are the pretty much the main ones. They work quite well. Um, but yeah, it's more just what what's least annoying basically <laughs> is the is the best strategy. No, that makes sense. Like with some casual games that I try to look for on the app. So I usually go to some of the reviews to just double check. And if there are reviews saying there are too many adverts, I feel like it can almost put me off installing that game, knowing that my immersion within this space will then get broken by someone advertising TikTok to me with some random TikTok to be like, oh, you too can win a thousand dollars if you recreate this TikTok. And it's like, okay, I just wanna I just wanna watch the 
Flappy Bird go up and down. <laughs> yeah, it's quite uh, the the ads are sometimes like zero to uh, to ten out of not ads. Uh, the reviews are sometimes like zero to ten, and like on on, on some of our games, we'll get like some reviews that are like way too many ads and then other other reviews are like this is the best game ever i've never <laughs> i've never stopped playing this game <laughs> so it's just yeah it's it's hard to find that balance but um but yeah but we, we get analytics and through those analytics we can kind of see what what is working hmm. and do you feel like there is a, a way in which you can test that balance between giving the player an advert or um <laughs> not giving them an advert yeah, so we do something called um, A-B testing, where it's like, oh, let's give 20% of people this version of, of the game and 20% of people this version of the game. But the game itself will have all those versions in, and then we can just toggle it on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that way we can, yeah, compare the two, compare the two results as well and see, see what works best. Nice. Um, yeah, and like um, with... With there being so many mobile games out there, especially on the App Store, it, it can be difficult to get into. But um, with so many game engines out there, uh, which are easily accessible for everyone, what game engines do you think favor making hyper casual uh, games, especially for people who might be trying to get into the hyper casual space for the first time? Uh, definitely Unity, um, I think, is, is probably the best one. Uh, it just has so much support for that kind of development and uh i think they recently bought a couple of um uh ad ad colonies i think it was called ad colony maybe um but they could uh, uh ad monetization platforms they they recently bought um which was quite controversial um in the sense that like people starting to feel like unity aren't really focused on the developers at the moment but i don't know for us it helped us because we're we're a mobile games company so what what they're doing is is working for us but i don't know if it's biased or not and i hope i hope it isn't obviously <laughs> um but yeah and um i recently learned about this uh it's like a game engine called canva i think it was canva uh, i'll double check that um but uh it, it's a it's a web-based um game engine uh so it's really good for like snapchat games which tend to be quite hyper casual as well which is, might lead back into a question you asked earlier, like games that didn't realize were hyper casual. But yeah, Snapchat games. Um, yeah, I, I imagine that's really good for like, if you want to go into that area or yeah, yeah, just web web games. Um, I think is, yeah, a really good platform for hyper casual as well. Nice. And yeah, at least with like stuff like Snapchat and, and TikTok, like you mentioned earlier, it also adds that social aspect as well where you can then send those games that you've seen on on said uh platforms to your friends and then that also then increases the overall numbers that um then install your game as well yeah exactly it's like the 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 word or effect of the of the daily <laughs> the daily games and then sharing your your results that's just uh it's like the the dream <laughs> to have a game like that no exactly and like when it becomes so popular to the point where it I guess becomes a trend as well mm. then you have people 
then copying the influencer that they see or the friend that they see on Twitter. And then you can almost see a wave of uh, people participating in this trend. So like like you mentioned with the word, or I remember for a while, all I would see on my Twitter feed would just, just, just the blocks. green, just <laughs> the blocks. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know what the word is today. <laughs> uh. And then you'd also yeah. get the people who get it in one, and it's like you clearly refresh ah. the page. We know everyone knows this. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned Unity earlier, and this is uh, an engine that I, I bring up regularly on these podcasts to mention that it is such like an easy way to get into making games. So I'm curious whether you think it would be a great way for beginners to get into it, like get into making games and what are your recommendations for jumping into Unity for the first time? Uh, I think start with start with something to take. Yeah, start with like a, a, a very simple like reference point, and just try and recreate that reference point. Um, okay. There's great like it's great tutorials on, on, on Unity itself. Yeah, yeah, Unity is so like well used that you can go on YouTube, type in anything, and there's a tutorial for it. Um, so yeah, I think Unity is yeah really good starting point. Has lots and lots of developers on it already, and there's so many help, so much help out there already. That yeah, someone's done it already. So googling and seeing, okay, that's how they've done it. Now, how am I going to do it? No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's the program that we even got taught at university as well. And even if if you're getting into making games and you're not the greatest coder, which I can admit that I am not the greatest coder, but boy, could I make a good, <laughs> good hyper casual <laughs> game <laughs> in the Unity space. So even if you're like not a complex coder who knows every mathematical equation, it's still something where you can pick up and it's still quite user friendly. And there are channels, thankfully, on YouTube, such as Brackies and um, GMTK who almost guide you into making those games for the first time and maybe tell you what you should be looking out for when writing code or in just exploring the engine itself. Yeah, one big thing was like going into like this this programming space was like I never really knew what the what if there was like one one set standard for all studios or if it was different for like studios like i didn't i didn't really know how to code in a sense that like oh how is this going to benefit me in getting a job mm -hmm. if that makes sense but yeah i think like now now i've been doing it for uh quite a while now it's like try and just keep your code kind of modular so you mm -hmm. can so it's more like a drag and drop kind of thing and you can drag and drop it and it'll just kind of work. So try and keep everything in, in think of everything as jobs. Like what is this thing's job? Okay. Let's make a script for that job and let's make a script for that job. And then, yeah. And then you can kind of dip in and out of those jobs. Okay. So the, keeping the, keeping the organization, organization skills at the at, at top priority when. when yeah. Yeah. Kind of I think yeah, and it, and then if you can do that, then you can keep making. You can quite easily build off from your last project. If that makes sense. So you can just keep building up and up and up, and then you'll just be consistently making making um yeah games quite quickly. So 
no, that make that makes a lot of sense. Like I remember when I was uh, making some of the projects uh, for for our uni course, I would just copy and paste some code to be like, oh, this is how a three D character would move in this space. So I know mm. this works, and I know exactly what I need to link to this in the in the Unity engine. So I'm just going to copy and paste this and pretend like I wrote it from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's 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 the yeah that's the quick way, efficient way to get to to get it done. So. And what would be your recommendations for people trying to practice getting into uh, into maybe like the hyper casual space or specifically practicing making games for mobile? I think um, when you have the time and it's hard to it's hard to have the time if you're not in the space already and then or if you're not if you're doing like a, if you have a daytime job that's not in, in, in the game development industry and you want to try and get into it it's yeah. Uh, the the biggest the hardest bit is finding the time to do it but um yeah just keeping your ideas super simple and you know like flappy bird it's you tap you move up or you fall and then you have some obstacles in the way just try and like practice very simple short simple games like that and try and do it not as quick as possible but get get the flow of it first then start trying to do it quickly if that makes sense because the the hyper casual space moves really quickly and we try and get a game finished within two weeks. Um, so it's a very quick turnaround and the prototype can be anything from, yeah, like three days is, is a good is a good mark for a prototype before we take it further. So yeah, just trying to make like, think of a mechanic, don't think about the UI or anything, just think of the mechanic, make the mechanic. Um, and then yeah, if, if you like it, then you can build it out. Nice. And what would you say is a usual flow of concept to final product for making a hyper casual mobile game like what is the processes that you and your company would go through so the i'll do like a, a kind of overall what the general kind of a bit more vague no yeah no worries don't want to bring no ndas on the podcast um, but the, the the general flow is uh make a make a prototype um test it on 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 ads uh see how see how much interest it gets and how much it costs to get people interested as well um and then if that's if that's good then you'd build it out put it on the store with uh, a couple of levels and, and some ads um and then you get a good idea of like oh how long how long are people playing this um how much would it make in a general playthrough um and then you use that to build your kind of like not final but like your your base your base baseline product and then yeah build build up from that as well okay so it's almost as if you're releasing an alpha out into the open to be like what do you think of this mechanic and then that's when you would then expand upon it and add fancy graphics and add some sounds some ui and then really bring it in like have it in a whole new world of itself but still keeping that core mechanic yeah yeah exactly Nice. Uh, I guess that way with uh, mobile games, it's a lot easier to bring out a few within a year compared to like AAA studios who might take like four to maybe 10 years to make one project. Yeah, yeah, it, it, we definitely, um, and we're, we're like growing now as well as as as, uh, as a company. Um, so we're definitely getting like a lot more games out now than we were when, when I first joined. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a quite quick turnaround, which is good because if one idea doesn't work, one out of ten will 
So nice. Best I guess to get many done and then find that one that doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. And that way as well, it sort of conquers the issue of there being maybe an oversaturated market within the mobile uh, market space. Um, because if you release one game in there, it would be so difficult to find it. But then if you release 10, there's a larger chance of um, your project being noticed within the large yeah. sea of games in the mobile yeah, place. The, uh, especially on the mobile markets, the, the, like even when we, if we put a game out and has this really like niche kind of title that no one else has come up with, you can put it in and you still have to scroll and scroll to find it. So it's, yeah, it's really hard to, to get your game seen without any marketing. Um, so, yeah. And you mentioned marketing there. So I'm curious what way outside of like TikTok and social media platforms would you usually use to advertise your up and coming project or just a single person made project like how what would you recommend doing outside of a social media platform um in terms of i don't know because social media platform is kind of what we <laughs> use um but TikTok, you can get a lot of organics without without paying to 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 do an ad you can get a lot of organics on TikTok, and yeah it can go it, it's completely unpredictable in the sense that you could post one video and it will get nothing you can post another video and it will get like a million a million views um mm -hmm. so i think tiktok is really good and especially if it's like a nice satisfying mechanic people are going to latch onto that and um yeah that that'll that'll work really well on, on tiktok and twitter as well is always is always really really good just general kind of almost like devlog updates um but yeah uh outside of that um yeah uh i'm not yeah I don't know, really, <laughs> unfortunately. No, that makes sense. It's, it's. I guess it's a lot harder to advertise uh, an up-and-coming mobile game compared to, for example, I'm going to use God of War again because it's a great game. <laughs> but um, I feel like when they have such large marketing budgets, it's it's difficult to then one-up that, seeing as like it's literally a God of War, taking yeah. over bus stops and, <laughs> and city skyscrapers, for example yeah yeah but um with some game jams for example uh i noticed that some category category some categories that you can vote in also include uh, uploading the project for mobile platforms so mm. would you recommend potentially practicing in game jam environments for seeing whether people enjoy the way you make hyper casual games or whether it's just a great way to to get some practice in yeah yeah absolutely and that that, that does remind me that um a lot of the companies um do uh have casual game jams and they often pay uh pay pay for the best one and they will probably hire you as well there's a like there's a lot of competitions i've seen where it's like oh the winner gets this and we might hire you or that kind of thing um but yeah yeah i think yeah itch itch is a good place for it as well um i think it's also really good for hyper casual because uh, yeah it's great to test your free free to play games and the people won't if you put your game up there for free as well people are not going to expect this massive large project um but yeah and itch has like the donation um option as well so uh yeah if people did did feel like it's worth paying for then yeah, you can always get uh, donations. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like itch is a 
is a great website where people can explore the um, wholesome community that is game development, whereas something like the Play Store or the PlayStation Store, it's open to literally everyone. <laughs> and yeah. it's so hard to get like some sort of feedback or some noticeable interest when it's either a, a checkbox of, did this person buy it? Yes, no. <laughs> whereas with Itch, it's like, hey, I tried this game for five minutes and I like this because of X, Y, and Z reason. Or uh, maybe if you're going to explore this in the future, you might want to change this mechanic a little bit. So there's really that open chance of getting feedback and improving games because you're within that wholesome community. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it, it kind of has that more itch, like you enter it, already knowing that like oh i can talk directly to the person that made this game um so that yeah it's it's a lot more social or it feels a lot more i don't know what the word is social feels like the right word but it doesn't at the same time yeah you know social yeah. and uh easily interactive. yeah yeah and um yeah like for itch being such a, a great way of people getting into games, getting into making hyper casual spaces, what other advice would you give people who are thinking about getting into the hyper casual space who maybe haven't joined the industry just yet or are looking into getting into the industry and focusing more on like hyper casual environments? Um, yeah, so if you're looking to get in, I think LinkedIn is also a great place to post your work. And I feel from what I've said, it feels like LinkedIn is the most active space for hyper casual. Uh, companies. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, and then also these these the bigger publishers. You can just send your game in, um, and who knows, maybe they'll 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 accept it. Um, and then yeah, and then at that point, it's a case of like, oh okay, here's our SDK. Usually, usually they'll give you the SDK to put in their their kind of uh, analytics and ads, and then yeah, and then it goes off to to the store. Um, so That's I don't think yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's 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 hard to get into any part of the game industry, but um, yeah, hyper casual. There's a lot of there's a lot of external places you can just go into it. Um, I'll try um, and get get some feedback as well. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn follow like the 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 companies that interest you the most. Um, but yeah, follow Play Ember. Um, <laughs> just a quick shout out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Nice. And do you feel that hypercasual spaces are usually more open to bringing in graduates compared to like AAA or larger companies? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, it's because it, it's more. I mean, I don't know about other unis, but in our uni, we was taught to to build games from just one mechanic and just focus on that one mechanic and build it out from that one mechanic. So, if if yeah, if if you're already in that kind of mindset, then you're already kind of thinking about you're already in the hyper casual mindset really um so yeah i think uh it, it yeah it kind of makes sense that graduates yeah are, are kind of well suited for for hyper casual as well as other industries of course um but yeah hyper casual is is, is yeah yeah and that way as well by getting your foot into the hyper casual space it allows for you to make multiple projects within the hyper casual mobile space mobile mm -hmm. game space and then when applying for larger roles or different roles you can then say like oh i've got 15 projects under my belt or with 20 million plus downloads and that already like gives you such an advantage and in, in going 
into big places or continuing your adventure in a hyper casual space. Of course, yeah. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I guess with with hyper casual spaces, it's 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 crazy to think that sometimes people aren't even aware that they have hyper casual games on their phone because I know that. If, if you tell someone, oh, do you play games? You usually say, like, oh, no, I'm, I don't, I'm not really much of a gamer. And then it's like, okay, do you have uh, Candy Crush on your phone or Flappy Bird or Age or anything like that? They're like, oh, yeah, I've, I've put almost like 100 hours into that. And it's like, aha. Yeah, yeah it's a, <laughs> you are a gamer. <laughs> aha, you secretly do play the games. <laughs> and then they go, no, I'm not a gamer. <laughs> Just ripping any, like, Unreal <laughs> logos off their, off their clothes. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, do you feel like hyper casual, the hyper casual space is a great way for people to almost get into games, whether that be going into more in depth mobile games or maybe unlocking their potential of then being a true gamer? Yeah, I think um, I think the best thing about it is that you'll learn so much. You'll do because because the the turnaround is so quick. So every two weeks you'll be working on an entirely different new mechanic, which means you get to learn a lot very quickly because it might be like a puzzle game you're making or an idle arcade game you're making or um or just a yeah just a general arcade game um so you'll go through all the different kind of genres um even storytelling as well that's quite big in the in the hyper casual space as well um so you'll go through like all the different genres you'll get to experience lots and lots very quickly as well which means you'll learn I think, I think that's, that's like the biggest takeaway I, I, I work in this space is just how much I've learned and how much my kind of work has changed from when I started. So it's, it's crazy to think that, like, wow, I tried to do this like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think how the things that we would practice in our university course had really given us the the knowledge that we needed now when we're making either AAA NDA hidden games uh, or <laughs> or um hyper casual games it's it's crazy to think that the things that we were learning have had such a big influence on what we have been making now yeah yeah it is very grateful for 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 that in uni as well mm -hmm. it's always hard to know like oh is this what it's going to be like in the in the industry but but yeah it's definitely gave the first the first step oh exactly so if anyone is super considering or even slightly considering going to university i would highly recommend it because um it will unlock so many doors and so many potentials that you might not have had during university but not to say that if you don't want to go i'm not going to force you to go but it's just um if you're thinking about doing it i, I would highly recommend it yeah you could definitely get get into the industry without without uni um it, it makes it a bit harder, but it's, yeah, it's not unheard of. It's not, it's not that uncommon, I don't think, but mm -hmm. yeah. And one thing that we forgot to cover, uh, which you did mention earlier, is target audiences. So I'm curious, what would you say is normally the target audience for hyper casual games? Um, I think it's for kind of everyone. So um, it could be, yeah, from, from, from the ages of like, 13 all the way up to up to 80 90 yeah, you know there's i don't think there's really an age we can put on it um 
so yeah i think we just kind of make the game in mind like oh anyone could be playing this um but yeah yeah and we try and like factor in like oh yeah let's yeah just make it make it an enjoy experience make it super satisfying um but yeah yeah exactly and like i couldn't agree more and with the with the mechanics usually being quite focused on a single feature or a simple mechanic, it really opens up any accessibility options that people might have. Mm. So you might not need to worry about pressing six different buttons on a controller at the same time. And instead it's just like, no, you just tap the screen and then you, you jump or you flip or you, you fall and that's, that's all you need to do. And then that way it really opens up the doors for literally everyone playing, playing a hyper casual game, which is an amazing uh, thing to be having for, for, for a project, really. Of course, yeah. But um, yeah, with that, um, that is all the questions that I had for today. But if anyone wants to continue uh, the discussion, feel free to comment in the this comment in the comments below. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, or if not, you can uh, jump onto the Game Dev London Discord because there's always always a discussion in there. So we're super friendly. So come 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 say hello. <laughs> um, for that. It does conclude another episode of the Game Dev London podcast. I've been your host, Nicola, and you can find me at uh, Humphreys Media online on most platforms. And big thank you to Jack for being my guest today. So I'm curious, Jack, if people want to continue this uh, lovely discussion of hypercasual spaces in mobile games, where can they find you? Where can they poke you? Uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> um, probably easiest way to find me is either just search play Ember and then look at the, the employees or just type in Jack Roper. I don't know how many Jack Ropers there are, but I, yeah, I like to think that's quite a, quite a, a unique, unique name, but <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm going to shock myself when I have a look myself or Twitter at Rojax game dev. That's R O J A X, but you can pop it on the um, description as well. Nice. Yeah. To be fair, it's a very difficult to, um, <laughs> to get a name correct sometimes and uh, typing in my name I'm always surprised when there's other versions of me in and around the world I'm like who are you people <laughs> <laughs> but yeah feel free to jump by on the Game Dev London podcast or uh, on the Discord uh, and yeah thank you to everyone who's tuned in today and thank you again Jack for being a guest on said podcast uh, and if you want any more of latest updates with Game Dev London, feel free to check out our website, Discord, like again. Um, otherwise, we will see you at the same time next week. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya.